Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the day that I started the Instagram page, I was already seeing the magazine. I could see the logo. I could see what it looked like. And that vision was what propelled me in times where it was tough, times where, you know, we're reaching the deadline and it doesn't look like we're getting this money. Times where laptop crashed or the paper that we said we wanted was no longer available in the size we wanted. So there's a, um, a, a debate. Do we resize the entire file or do we choose, you know, do we wait? So all of these diff different challenges that come up. I was just, I believe so strongly in it. I, I just, I visualized it. I, I felt that, you know, Erin needed to exist. It was yeah. adding something very different and valuable and fresh to the conversation. Not only, you know, travel, like, yes, we want people to travel to different African cities, but we want people to realize that there are shared identities with you as someone from Nigeria or someone from Ghana. And we also want people, you know, Africans in the diaspora to connect with their home, to have something that is documenting, it's preserving our culture and our heritage, and to just elicit that feeling, that desire of pride, you know, pride yeah. in who you are as an African, pride in your blackness, pride in your point of view, in your perspective, because these cultures um, what we were trying to portray wasn't readily available in this type of format. You know, it's it's a modern day, um, it's it's modern in what we're trying to do. So there are just so many different things that added to the the bigger picture, to the vision, to the goal of what I I believed Irene could be, and not only the magazine. You know, we want to connect people to, you know, creatives on the continent, to artisans on the continent, um, show you what these people are doing in their own little communities, you know, there can be this disconnect with Africa and the world at large, you know, so it's, we're trying to show that it's not that far away, you know, we're not this dark continent, whatever it is we're doing, you might actually be even doing it in your own home, you know, there are similarities, not only in the continent, but similarities as humans, you know, we have these shared identities, we have these similarities. So yeah, so those are all the things that were just pushing us and propelling us towards the, the end product. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Mimi Aborwa. And as you heard, she had an amazing journey to really launching her magazine. Her magazine, Eerie, is an amazing portrayal of the African culture. And the cool thing about what she does is that she does it city by city. And it's such an educational platform that it's definitely destined to change the way magazines are seen the way the continent of Africa is seen and the way people travel to the continent of Africa. I'm so excited because she's a very, very dear friend, a very good friend of mine. And I've known her for, I guess, 
half my life so it's always it's always always fun to catch up to people that you grew up with who are doing cool things speaking of cool things i want to talk about our new sponsor VizMe. now VizMe, as i explained last week is an all-in-one content creation tool empowering individuals and organizations to quickly create and share beautiful content that they can be proud of in the form of engaging presentations infographics documents videos and multiple things trust me it's it's definitely good for people that don't have any design skills and i've used the platform for multiple presentations as you all know i speak often and for infographics on instagram it's made for the non-designers but it's still powerful enough for graphic designers to use as well so it doesn't discriminate it combines simplicity flexibility and interactive features within a single platform giving users everything they need within an easy to use online interface think canva but more powerful and feature rich think powerpoint but more intuitive and scalable the cool thing is VizMe is given as told by Nomad's listeners 20% off their business plan. So if you sign up for the business plan, you get 20% off if you use the code NOMADS20. So N-O-M-A-D-S-20. N-O-M-A-D-S-20. Type in NOMADS20 and make sure you sign up for the business plan and you get 20% off. All right. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Ayomide Aboroa, affectionately known as Mimi. We both went to high school together, and we're going to dive into a lot of her story, but she's the founder and creative director of Earring Journal. Now, her thing is about covering travel, culture, and identity with the hope of making sure that we Africans and diaspora and Pan-Africans are able to find our shared identities. I have known her since I don't know how many years. This has been over maybe 12 years now. I think I was in the 10th grade or so when I first met her. And it's been interesting seeing her journey as she's been able to create such a platform that has been uh, spanning across multiple continents. So I'm eager for her to share her story and I'm eager for you to hear about how you can run a business based on a passion you've had since you were a kid. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Tayo. <laughs> well, the pleasure, the pleasure is mine. It's 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 very interesting to uh, to see you on the other side. But this this is really really fascinating for me because we could go many angles here. So mm. for the audience that doesn't know you, I want you to sort of not even sort of to actually explain what actually seeded this passion in you to be curious about your identity. Mm. Okay, um, so. I, since a young age, I have just been the child that's been so passionate about travel. Like, I love the idea of going to a new place and discovering that place. And in a way, I was discovering myself. So at that nature, it's pretty simplistic, you know, packing a bag and going on a holiday. But with time, I realized that it was something deeper. Not only did I just want to experience something new, I wanted to learn about the culture of those people, understand their you know, way of life, their food. I wanted to try it. There was just this curiosity that was in me. So with time, I'm feeding that curiosity by exploring. And then I happened to stumble upon um, magazines. So it wasn't just your average, you know, travel magazine, five places you must see before you turn 30. It was deeper. You know, maybe someone is uncovering a, um, a shared community and they're talking about them, talking about their history. And not only was it this travel magazine, it was so 
beautifully designed. And I was like, wow, you could have travel magazines that look that way. And it just sparked this interest in curating and creating. So, you know, everything at that, you know, stage was just interest. And it was just like, okay, I'm interested in this magazine. I would love to do this, but how do I get there? And it was just this big question mark that, you know, plagued me, you know, for most of my life. Um, in 2016, because I was in the UK studying and working for a bit, um, I was about to move back to Lagos, Nigeria. And there was a couple of magazines that I followed. And I remember messaging them. I was like, you guys should do Lagos for one of your issues. It'll be dope. You should co cover Africa more. I was championing Africa. But the response I kept getting was, oh, we'd love to, you know, but it'll be nice. But and I just had this like moment and it's like, why am I waiting for people to come and tell our own stories? Obviously, the benefit of these platforms was their reach, the quality, the design and something just dawned on me was like you can create this yourself and okay you can create this yourself how do you create this it was just that question how 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 so I started with Instagram Instagram just reposting images about Africa images from content curators on the continent and expanded it from our Instagram page the year after to a website where I synced most of my savings to create this website and the Instagram page and the website got the traction of um, someone in Condé Nast Traveler. So they were writing a piece on um, emerging regions and the journals who track them. And she stumbled upon Irene Journal's Instagram page and she's like, okay, I'd love to write about you. You know, when is the magazine going to be out? At that time, we had no magazine, no content, nothing. And I was like, yes, the magazine is going to be out in January. So that was the fuel that kind of propelled us to this journey towards um, the magazine. Wow. I mean, there are so many things to unpack there, but the first thing I want to start off with is you, the idea of telling your own story. I want people listening to understand this. You said you were reaching out to people and they were giving you excuses or they they didn't rank it high enough in the priority for exactly. them to basically, to basically cover. And then you just basically said you're going to do it yourself. That particular attitude of being a self-starter is, is one that I don't know that a lot of people actually take on because of the uh, intimidation of just starting a whole big uh, institution and what that would take. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. But before we talk about what it takes to run a magazine from scratch, why did you name the journal Erie? <laughs> so Erie <laughs> is a Yoruba word for travel. The full is Iriajo, which is travel and journey, and Iri itself means walk. So when I was brainstorming, okay, I want to do this magazine, what's the name? Yoruba just felt like an authentic name. It would be different. And I remember asking my mom at the time, okay, what's the Yoruba word for travel? And she's like, Iriajo. Oh, Iriajo, that actually sounds nice. So the name was actually Iriajo for a while until we came into some difficulties with regards to legal. I did not trademark it. I didn't register it. And someone else got the name. So it then evolved to Irene Journal, which I actually think is a blessing in disguise because I love Irene Journal. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and anyone listening, uh, Mimi and I are both from the Yoruba tribe. Yoruba is one of the three major tribes in Nigeria and or major ethnic, ethnic groups, but we have over 250 ethnic groups in Nigeria. And um, the authenticity of using that name is one that I think will get people curious about where it comes from and the meaning of that. Uh, exactly. and, and, I, and I love that. And, you know, people always ask, you know, what my name means or what your name means. And one of the beautiful things about Africans in, in general or even Nigerians in general is that there's often significance to the name. Akintayo, which is my full name, means 
a warrior or the brave one has brothers joy. And I think that significance of even just peaking curiosities uh, with the name of your magazine is going to get people from different parts of the world to be curious about the source of that. And, uh, mm. uh, you know, so that, that that's, that's, that's a smart thing. I mean, you could have just called it a travel magazine. <laughs> so, um, okay. So Erin, you got the name, you, you finally trademarked. The first lesson you learned there was the trademark, right? So that's, yes. one. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now the other lessons, what were the other lessons you learned in terms of running an operation? I mean, you were moving from England to, to Lagos, your, uh, I mean, the, the, basically what's been your hometown. And now you are in this position where you've promised someone you're going to put a magazine <laughs> out <laughs> in January. Do you even have a team? Do you know what the mechanics are? What's the vision? What's the paper going to be like? How do you decide that it's going to be print? Why print? <laughs> oh, so it was a journey and a half. So luckily, um, when I had the idea, there was a friend that I was speaking to for the longest time. And I was like, do you know what? Yeah. He was like, this has to exist. I believe in the vision. So number one, I think it's really important to have um, a partner or a sounding board. They might work on the team or they might just be someone that you speak to. You run your ideas past. I was blessed to have not only him, but other people that I could speak to when I, you know, came into quandaries or where, where there were areas where I was confused with regards to the magazine. So it's, it's important to have someone you can work with. But most people on this journey, you know, if you self-start, you'd go it alone. Um, so with him coming on board, he was able to bring um, team and team members. So he brought on the art director, he brought on um, editors, the layout designers. So then from me, we became this fully formed team. So we had the team and then it's like okay we all weren't rookies we all just believed in the vision but we didn't know how to execute so I on my on my hand I'd done a lot a lot a lot of research all the founders of magazines I had contacted them I'd asked them questions emailed them I read I read far and wide because I felt that I didn't have the knowledge to you know execute and to undertake this project. So these are people that have done this. What were their methods? How did they go about doing this? So I found out about Kickstarter. Kickstarter is um, a crowdfunding platform, mostly linked to the arts, literary work, um, games. And I felt that Kickstarter was a reputable platform for something like Erin because loads of independent magazines have been crowdfunded on Kickstarter. But aside from Kickstarter, there is Indiegogo, there is GoFundMe, but because of the reputation of Kickstarter, you know, I wanted to create something of the best quality. So I want to be, these magazines are of top quality. Where do they crowdfund? Most of them crowdfund on Kickstarter. So I wanted to be on that level as well. So with Kickstarter, you know, you create your project page, a video talking about the project. You write down your steps, what the what you need the money for, where it's going to, and um how you intend to spend the money and you have um, all or nothing. So if you don't raise the complete amount in the stipulated time, you do not get the money. The difference with Indiegogo is whatever you raise, you keep. But just because I was gunning for a certain level, I took that risk. And I remember at the time, um, my friend Demi Lade, he's like, Mimi, are you sure you want to do Kickstarter? I mean, you want to do Kickstarter because if you don't raise the money, you know, you don't get it. It's better to have some than to have nothing. But I just believe so strongly that, you know, Erin was adding something fresh to the conversation that people who could pledge for um, different type of magazines, they should want to pledge for Erin. So we went ahead and took that risk. So in raising funds, 
it wasn't easy. You know, Kickstarter in itself, it, it is work. You can't just leave it and hope that the magazine will grow. Orga- I mean, the Kickstarter page will grow organically. It's not going to grow. You have to feed it. You have to keep checking. You have to direct people to it. I was on Facebook messaging friends from high school, from primary school, from university. I emailed old lecturers. I emailed professors. I spoke to, you got to the point where my mom was sending messages to our friends. I created a video on WhatsApp that I sent to all my uncles and aunts like listen um please support me we need to raise this money and what we found out was that you know kickstarter isn't fully formed in nigeria so there are people that want to support you in nigeria but they don't have the access to pledge on kickstarter so we then um raised a, a kitty in nigeria so people were pledging to us in nigeria and then we had someone in the uk that convert the naira the nigeria naira to pounds because the goal was to raise 8000 pounds in 33 days Thankfully, at the end of the day, we raised 108% of our goal and, you know, we were overjoyed. Like, yes, finally we have the money we can create. But we then realized that, you know, raising the money was the easiest part. Now you have to get content. Now you have to, you know, figure out your projections. You have to estimate your price. You have to design you have you, there's so many things that come into you know creating a magazine. So okay, we've got the money. We before we had started getting um, requesting from co- um, for content from contributors, but the content we were receiving wasn't really what we were um, looking for. We found out that people didn't really understand where we were going with the magazine because um, the content of the magazine was was a bit deeper than you know the surface level travel um, content. So we, we got to the point where we ourselves, we were photographing, we were conducting interviews, we were meeting people that we knew that you know your work needs to be on the platform and trying to you know cajole and beg them to contribute work. Thankfully, you know a number of them did. And then we just started designing. We had issues where laptop crashed. Note to self, always back up, always back up, save on different very, platforms. Very important, <laughs> very important. Save on hard drives. You know, we, we were so excited to create that we forgot these little steps, which I guess are lessons that I learned now, like in terms of, you know, trademarking, I mean, you're registering your business name, you know, at the time we just ran with it, you know, so there are things we were learning as we were going along. Okay. So, um, designing the magazine, getting the content. And then we, we knew, cause we're all very passionate about independent magazines. So we knew what we wanted in terms of paper. We knew that, okay, we wanted a matte feel, some sections for glossy, for the images to pop up. I mean, to, to pop rather, um, we knew we wanted a, a particular size because we wanted the magazine to be something that you carry along in your handbag. You could, you know, bring it out and read because some typical magazines are quite large. So you find that you, you, you're just glancing through them and then you put it down, you know, they're kind of more for display, but we didn't want our magazine to be for display. We wanted you to have some sort of connection, a bond to it, a relationship with it. And that we found that that is actually what, you know, people are um, exhibiting with their magazines, that they're carrying it along with them, that they're paying it for it and giving it to friends. So that was um, really good for us. So yes, the journey was uh, a lot of a lot of learning, a lot of things that we did not know, but with research and just being hungry. We were hungry to create. We were so hungry to create. We believed so strongly in this vision. And, you know, that is what led us to where we are right now. I mean, you, you brought up your hunger there, but, you know, in terms of eating and making sure that your, your appetite is satiated, there, there are other things there as well. You, you <laughs> talked about <laughs> it, it, there was a sense of resilience. You know, when you lose mm. a lot of your work, 
through, uh, I guess, not backing up your hard drive. When you don't find that people are as eager to be contributors to your magazine, when you find that you're actually convincing people about the benefit of your magazine, even though they contributed or so what, those are my, uh, moments where you have to be resilient and creative in terms of mm. you know, how to communicate the message. I even think that that probably got you to be more focused about what exactly you want earring to be. Mm. True. It, 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 you, you talked you talked about it with the uh, paper there, and, and then and then you also talked about it with the seeing the vision of the magazine being a compact thing that can be taken across the world. I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. Do you feel like it's very important to already visualize what the end product of whatever you're envisioning to be? So I think it is so 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 important. That is the type of person I am. Like I visualize every single thing to the T. From the day that I started the Instagram page, I was already seeing the magazine. I could see the logo. I could see what it looked like. And that vision was what propelled me in times where it was tough, times where, you know, we're reaching the deadline and it doesn't look like we're getting this money, times where laptop crashed or the paper that we said we wanted was no longer available in the size we wanted. So there's a, um, a, a debate. Do we resize the entire file or do we choose, you know, do we wait? So all of these diff- different challenges that come up, I was just, I believe so strongly in it. I, I just, I visualized it. I, I felt that, you know, Erin needed to exist. It was yeah. adding something very different and valuable and fresh to the conversation. Not only you know, travel, like, yes, we want people to travel to different African cities, but we want people to realize that there are shared identities with you as someone from Nigeria or someone from Ghana. And we also want people, you know, Africans in the diaspora to connect with their home, to have something that is documenting, it's preserving our culture and our heritage, and to just elicit that feeling, that desire of pride, you know, pride in who you are as an African, pride in your blackness, pride in your point of view, in your perspective, because these cultures um, what we were trying to portray wasn't readily available in this type of format. You know, it's it's a modern day, um, it's it's modern in what we're trying to do. So there are just so many different things that added to the the bigger picture, to the vision, to the goal of what I I believed Irene could be, and not only the magazine. You know, we want to connect people to, you know, creatives on the continent, to artisans on the continent, um, show you what these people are doing in their own little communities. You know, there can be this disconnect with Africa and the world at large, you know. So it's we're trying to show that it's not that far away. You know, we're not this dark continent. Whatever it is we're doing, you might actually be even doing it in your own home. You know, there are similarities not only in the continent, but similarities as humans you know, we have these shared identities. We have these similarities. So, yeah, so those are all the things that were just pushing us and propelling us towards the, the end product. No, I love it. And I, I love the mission. It's something that I'm truly passionate about as well. Why do you feel like our history hasn't been preserved the way other continents? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's might have, you know, have done theirs. It's it's really tricky. Obviously, you know, we, we talk about um, our colonial masters eradicating parts of our culture as the as they left, you know, taking away our history. I feel that was it's a sense of control, you know, how they can still have control over the African countries. I feel that even um, in Africa itself are um, you find a few people think about the benefits of preservation and culture. We're thinking of modernization in the terms of, you know, breaking down, building up, but not realizing that you can build around. We're not seeing the beauty in what we hold. We're trying to compare ourselves to, you know, our Western counterparts. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's make Lagos the new New York, you know, but it's like people that come to Lagos, they don't want to see New York V, you know, V2. They want to see Lagos as it is. They want to see what what this city is about. They want to feel the spirit and the essence of the city. You know, when we go, when we travel, when we go to you know Latin America, we're we're taking we're taking in their music with a a different type of you know vigor. We're dancing to their sounds because you know these are the sounds of Latin America. These are the tastes of you know Asia. We're relishing in all of that, but we don't. These um, ideals aren't really fully formed in Africa. Africa is the land of wild animals and even wilder people. It's chaos. It's okay. Yes, these are parts of the definition, but it's not the only definition. We need to, you know, form our own narratives. Maybe Africa is is, is spice. It's flavor. Mm. So let's expand flavor and spice into our, you know, thematic um, definition of the of the city. Let's have food tours, spice tours. Let's go to Zanzibar and you're going to the spice farms and you're learning about these different spices and why these spices were used, you know, in in these meals. Our herbs are important. They're medicinal. Our culture, you know, traditionalism. There's so many things that, you know, we we can show the world and we can share. There's so many things. And that is something that I was personally passionate about. So I feel that it's not everyone that sees the benefit of that. So it's the onus of, all of us who do see it and to get people to see it, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's such a beautiful uh, way to put it. And, and I do, I do agree. I, I think I've shared on the, on the podcast a lot of times how there's a confusion with what the continent of Africa truly embodies, the diversity mm-hmm. that exists within that. And, and the ability for us to tell our stories is something that we now have. And I think that has to be paired off with the the willingness to do so and and the uh, and the and the willingness to celebrate things that maybe have been demonized in the past. You know, I think a lot of times we've sort of seen ourselves uh, as inferior to Westerners based on the way we promote our culture, our music, exactly. our traditions. And and when I saw the subject of your first uh, your first issue, I jumped up for joy because one, it's my birth town, it's also my <laughs> my, my my hometown, but the interesting thing as I was going through this, and you saw me reading as soon as I got the magazine, is that I, I hadn't really looked at Lagos, my hometown, as a tourist. 
You know, okay. I just sort of, <laughs> I just sort of just, ah, yeah, you know, I'm born here. This is what, it, you know, very, very busy traffic everywhere. Uh, I, I, I love the whole thing. So I'm curious if that was the same experience for you. And if so, what did you learn about Lagos that you didn't already know? Um, I would say it's half and half. So for instance, it, the things that I learned that I didn't really know was our history. Because it's their... Um, Information on history, like I said, it's not readily available unless you are super passionate about the cause. So there are different stories like, okay, yes, I knew about, you know, the connections with regards to slavery with um, Brazil and um, Lagos. But then I didn't even know that in some areas of Brazil in Bahia, they have a dish called akaraje that is similar to akara that we eat in, in Nigeria. Yes, yeah, so I that. <laughs> exactly. Literally, like that blew my mind. So in and there are probably people in, in Brazil that don't know that this dish, you know, originates from somewhere in West Africa and people in West Africa that don't know that, you know, there's a sister dish in Brazil. So things like that. I was I was so excited about that. But then there are other things that, you know, me being passionate about the cause that I was aware of, that I wanted more people, you know, to know, which were exhibited in like some of the stories that are in the magazine and stuff like um, a story is called um, Brazil, I said Brazil, sorry, um, Badagri, a heritage loss. So Badagri is, is the area in Nigeria where the point of no return is in, in Lagos rather. So the point of no return being where the slaves, you know, docked the ships and they left Lagos to areas like Portugal, Brazil, and so on and so forth. So obviously people know about the cultural reference of Brazil in regards to that um, bigger scape, but a lot of people don't really know, you know, what's, I'm sorry, um, a lot of people don't know what's going on in Badagri. Like, okay, these are the museums you could go to. These are the spaces there. These are what the people are doing. Apparently Christianity, um, um, Christianity and the first Christmas was celebrated in Badagri. So those are things that a lot of people don't know. And I just felt that it was important to, you know, to share that, to make that common knowledge for everyone in, in the city and people that are not in the city as well. So once you've interacted with the magazine, you you feel that you have, you've tasted Lagos, you've visited Lagos, yeah. you can smell Lagos just by reading an issue. So that is what we're trying to do. So not only Lagos, but whatever city we cover, once you interact with the magazine, you you feel that connection to the city. Yeah, no, there's a very strong connection with Brazil and, and Nigeria. And a lot of the, the black Brazilians you're right. They don't actually know that they uh, they are they have a lot of Yoruba culture. I mean, if you go to Brazil, you see a lot of the drawings, even with the religion or all that. But that sense of connection to where it came from is is lost. Uh, I, I was reading, I think it was um, Tommy Adeyemi's book, uh, Children of Blood and Bone. I think in the first, uh, it's a you know, a, 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 if you if you love Harry Potter, you love things like that. This is a celebration of our culture in that same vein, but. And she was talking about the history of why she wrote that book. She said she went to Brazil and she started seeing all these things and she just realized that, whoa, all these connections are here. I don't even think anyone knows about our myths, our legends, our, you know, our history. And in terms of that, and, and it was interesting that she went uh, abroad and saw that and it really connected the whole thing. So mm. I do think that, you know, what your magazine is doing is, is, is incredible. And the beautiful thing about it is that you are focusing on a city per issue, right? That's correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and that's that's so beautiful because that 
not only sparks the idea of I want to go to the motherland, uh, the continent to, to learn more, but I think it gives people, uh, you know, almost this informed information to say, well, I want to see this, 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 and that, just like everybody does for Paris. I want to go to the Eiffel Tower. I want to exactly. go to New York. I want to go there. So that's so beautiful. I, I love that. I love that. And um, it, to, to make sure the word gets across, I'm always curious about the behind the scenes again. <laughs> yeah, you obviously you're clearly an artist. Anyone hears you, they can see, they can hear the artist side in you. And I, and as I was listening to you, I, I learned that you became more of a business person. So, how did you find that balance between business and creativity? <laughs> I'm still trying to find the balance. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm still trying to find the balance. I guess um, it's interesting to hear you define me as an artist because I wouldn't have defined myself an artist, but I guess, you know, what we did was create art. So that is something that is innately me. You know, the ability to create is something that I do or want to do naturally. Um, business, like, okay, yes, I am methodical, I am organized. So these are um, personality traits that helped me with, with regards to, you know, starting up this business. But there are things that I have had to learn and I am still learning, you know, because like I said, um, publishing is is a business. It is not only, okay, you've designed the magazine, but you have to sell the magazine. People need to know about the magazine. You need to work on the brand. You need to work on marketing. You need to work on creating awareness. You need to, you know, you need to ship the magazine. You need to set up the, the prices. You need to ensure that, you know, you're making a profit. So there's so many other things. And, you know, like I said, thankfully, you know, for the Lagos issue, we have a team of people that are all pulling together their different strengths to ensure that, you know, the magazine, not only, okay, yes, we've created something that's beautiful, but to ensure that people are getting to see this, you know, people are expanding our reach and that people can, you know, access the magazine. So it is honestly something that I'm still learning as I go along. I am always willing to learn. I am willing to seek advice from people who are in this space and, you know, appear to have it, you know, under control. Uh, you know, I'm, you're never too old to learn. You're never too old to ask for help. I ask for help. I tell I, I don't know anything. Like I can tell you right now, like, literally, I have no idea. It is just, you know, by the grace of God that we are where we are right now. So I'm just, I'm learning as I go along, honestly. You are, well, you're doing a fine job of that, um, if I may say so. So obviously, You've got the print side. Do you have a digital component? Well? Okay. Um, so right now, that is something that we're looking to, you know, fine tune because I believe strongly in, you know, physical products and having this print magazine. That's something that you can, you know, connect with. And I feel you don't really get that sense of connection with a digital product. But the thing about um, a digital product is accessibility more people can access it. So we are trying to, but I don't know if it will be for this Lagos issue in itself, but we're trying to see how we can balance digital and print. So maybe our digital would be an extension of the print. So some, if you subscribe and if you're a member, you can read some stories that didn't necessarily make up the print. You can read it in the digital because print is the goal. So we don't want to, if we're putting everything on digital, then it's like, well, why would I get the print, you know? Right, so right. it's to it's to make digital its own type of experience. So you yeah. can have the print and you can also have the digital. So that's something that we are working on right now, just to find the right balance between, you know, both um, formats. Okay. Oh, well, then how can people get access to the journal, the magazine? Okay. So we, we ship worldwide. So if you go to our website, www.e.com, 
irinjournal.com, which is I-R-I-N-J-O-U-R-N-A-L.com. You can shop the website and, you know, pay and we'll ship to wherever you are. So you can get it online, but we also have the magazine in some physical spaces. So we were stocked in a couple of cities. We're stocked in New York, in McNally, Jackson. I think that's what mm-hmm. it's called. <laughs> We're stocked in um, Skylight Books in LA. We're stocked in Issue Shop in Oakland. We're also stocked in Charlotte News in, in London, as well as other stockists. So we have our stockists listed on our website. So if you go to our stockists, you can grab yourself a copy of the magazine or just go to our website to purchase. Yeah, well, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. And you, is it true that you found an issue in Tokyo? Is that correct? Yes, we Look are stocked in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's that's great. I mean that's expansion at its finest. And okay, so I, I get what you're saying though with with the um, the digital versus print. Yes. But hearing you and knowing you, you I feel like you have a bigger mission for the future of Erie. Yes. Uh, is there anything that you can share now? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm a, I, have to, I have to get the juice. <laughs> you, have the juice. you have to get the juice. Okay. Um, well, what I can say is that we are not going to focus on a, another West African city. Mm. Does that help? I mean, that, that helps. Hey, ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, and gender nonconformers, do you know that Africa is made up of over 50 countries? And it's not a country. There are going <laughs> to be multiple, multiple cities. That's that. Uh, no, that stuff, that stuff is always fun for me to hear just because I, I just think the idea of educating people on what has previously been known as the, as the dark continent, the lost continent, mm. is, is a beautiful thing because people are going to stop thinking it's just about the Lion King or safaris. And and when they find out about safaris, they're gonna actually learn more about the exactly. safaris and not just, uh, you know, yeah, make it just something that's a cartoonish or a caricature of the whole thing. So uh, the other thing that um, Mimi does that she hasn't said, cause she's so humble, is that she tells, the, she lets the stories be told from the locals point of view, which is very, very important. There are moments where she puts her input because that's her job. She's a, you know, she's the editor in chief. She's the creative director. She has to definitely, uh, you know, share her perspective on, on certain things. But uh, there are a lot of stories if you read the magazine where you get to hear from uh, from the locals' point of view, which is very important because uh, it does help with biases and it helps you expand your mindset. So I appreciate yeah. you doing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to before we we close. I want to. I wondered if you could educate the audience in a few terms here. You've brought up, I know these terms because I'm a nerd and I, I sort of do similar things in terms of the creative aspect, but I like how you uh, describe yourself as a curator, a creative director, and a finder, and a founder. So tell me what the difference is between the curator and the creative director. Mm, okay, well, I would say there's some overlaps between curator and creative director. So curator is just something that I used to define myself in the sense that I, I have that understanding and appreciation of art and aesthetics, and I know how to you know, put things together that will be pleasing to the eye as a viewer. So you can curate anything. You can curate an experience. It's just knowing what to put together. So the creative director is, you know, because I worked, um, I worked alongside the art director who was, you know, designing the spreads and designing the um, visuals for the magazine. To be honest, so as a creative, I'm just not physically designing, but ensuring that that aspect, kind of curating it with her, you know, 
ensuring that the the visual aspect, ensuring that as you're going through the magazine, it's pleasing to your eye. You're under it's 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 jumping out it's jumping out at you, you wow. know. Yeah. So that is, yeah. So I work really closely with the art director. So just en- ensuring that the visual aspects of the magazine, the, and the the feel of the magazine, the brand, everything is very cohesive. Wow. So even your photographers, if they go, you're going, you know, the way, the color of how they take the the picture, the, the I guess, the filter, as the kids would say these days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, using Instagram, Instagram terms, you actually see those things. And say, no, I want it black and white. I wanted this. I wanted that. Exactly. So that's exactly something we can do. So like, you know, the photographer would take the images and will share the work with us. But then we're the ones that would select the images that we'd feature in the magazine. We'll sort out the positioning. Like, okay, this image should be in this corner. This image should be this way. Okay, this is a better image. You know, the art director could be like, okay, that I feel that these images would be better if they're black and white or if we can crop this we don't need that, that the other part is noise. Let's crop it out, you know, with the permission of the photographer as well. Then yeah. we make all of these necessary changes yeah. to the work. Yeah. Wow. And you're, by the way, she's also the editor in chief. So she determines what, well, you play a big role in determining what gets into the issue and mm. what doesn't get into the issue. So you, yeah, you're wearing multiple hats. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually have, we have a chief editor who also, you know, is the editor in chief, like in that regard, but I just kind of have my hand in every aspect ah. of the magazine. So like, I'm working with him. I'm working with our director. I'm working with the person that's shipping and, <laughs> and ensuring that I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, as is with the startup, but okay. You just brought up something that with the editor, because then, if this is your vision and you put together a team and you then decide to trust someone to make the big editing decisions, how do you wrestle with that inner desire to want to be involved in everything and decide, no, that's my story. No, that story has to be there. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's hard to divorce yourself from your baby. It, it, it is. It really is. And it shows like in some stories that I fought for that the, the, um, the editor, the chief editor was like, no, he doesn't believe, you know, this story adds, you know, to the magazine. But I was like, no, this story has to be there. So there's many things I fought for and I'm happy that, you know, he, he yielded to the fight <laughs> and he accepted. But, you know, I have to also learn to, to delegate. It's like you yeah. said, it's, it's difficult to divorce um, yourself from your baby. I am very much involved. I meddle in everything that has to do with earring. But you, when you have a team that you know you trust, you trust their taste, you yeah. trust what value they bring, you know, to the conversation. And you know that, you know, this person is skilled in this aspect. So you just let go, let God, and believe that, you know, we're all working towards this project as a whole, as, you know, as a team. This is what this person is bringing to the conversation, you know. And I think that was also part of the beauty of the magazine, that you could see me, you could see Demi, you could see Yadi, you could see Dabarichi, you could see Ori, you could see John. And we're all skilled in our various skill sets, you know, we're all talented creatives. And you could see pieces of us in this body of work. So it is equally their baby too, you know? I love it. I love it. I love the the ability to share and the ability to invite people into this experience. We've been talking to Mimi Aborowa, the creative director and founder of Erin Journal, erinjournal.com. We'll make sure I put everything in the show notes. And before I let you go, uh, my dear friend, you have to answer a question. And that question (laughs) is my mission statement reframed as a question. So I ask all my guests how they use their differences to make a difference. So how do you 
use your difference to make a difference? Um, I think it's by paying it forward. We all have different things that make us who we are. And if you find someone that, you know, from now people see me and they're asking, oh my gosh, you did this magazine. You're so, it's, it's, it's so great. And I am, I'm, I'm wowed by people saying that because if not too long ago, I had no idea how to do what we're doing. So it's by paying it forward. If there are people that need to learn, teach, whatever thing you can pass along, whatever you can share, share, you know, just in your own little way, you might seem, it might seem as if, you know, what you're adding to the conversation is not that grand. It is not that great, but it is you and there's no one like you. So pay it forward, help, teach people, talk to people, share about your experiences and actually do. So that is what I try to do to use my difference and make a difference. Wow. Well said. Well, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. You know, I, stories are truly the best ways that we can preserve identities, but also ways that we can save our world and see ourselves. So thank you for playing a big, big role of that. And thank you for spending uh, time with us today. I know you're very busy. You've been touring the world to promote the magazine. So thank you for giving us, you know, 40 minutes of your time. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm really, really eager to, to get the message out there. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. And ladies, gentlemen, and gender nonconformers, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.